Welcome to the Homeschool Mama Self-Care Podcast. I'm Teresa Wietrich from CapturingTheCharmLife.com. If you're a homeschool mama challenged by doubt, not sure you can do this homeschool thing. If you're a homeschool mama challenged by overwhelm, there's just too many things to do. Or if you're a homeschool mama that's not showing up in her homeschool the way she wants to show up in her homeschool, then this is the podcast for you. I've dedicated this third season of the Homeschool Mama Self-Care Podcast to the newer homeschool mama or the homeschool curious. So if you've been homeschooling for just a few years, a few months, or considering homeschooling for the upcoming year, then this podcast season is dedicated to you. I'm here to help you turn your homeschool challenges into your homeschool charms. So welcome, homeschool mama. On today's episode, I'm going to share my surprising transition from school to homeschool. But first, I want to share a few thoughts from Michelle, who is a New England area homeschooler. She shared this with me about her transition from school to homeschool. I asked her what she might be most overwhelmed about. She said, I think everything, (laughs) but seriously, almost everything. My house is a mess. I'm worried I'm not doing the best for my son. I'm pretty sure he has some sensory processing issues that I'm trying to navigate on my own. We have no homeschooling friends. And if one more person in my world says the S word, it also doesn't help that I feel my extended family quizzes my son anytime they see him. Maybe I'm wrong, but my husband picked up on that too. My husband is also very little help, so I think that's pretty much my overwhelm but I'm grateful to have found you on here, which she's referring to my Instagram community, Homeschool Mama Self-Care. So today I'm going to address the surprising transition from school to homeschool, some of the things that Michelle's talking about, and a few more things that I've experienced, things that I've seen other homeschool moms experience too. There are many families who decided to remove their kids from school to bring them home to homeschool over the last few years, but that's happened every year. At some point, that's why homeschool exists. Most people go from school to homeschool. Not everyone knows that homeschool is a thing before they begin educating their children. And that definitely was me. There are some, though, who always knew they would homeschool. This episode is dedicated to the newer homeschool family that's bringing their kiddo home from school. So I'm going to share with you my experience transitioning from school to homeschool. I brought two of my kids home from school when my oldest daughter finished grade two and my second daughter finished kindergarten. Since I knew we were moving provinces, making a huge shift in our family life, I didn't take my kids out of school until almost two years after I decided I was going to homeschool. And in that two-year period, I read and read and read about learning, learning styles, and how to homeschool. And I spoke to as many homeschool families as I could. But when we began homeschooling one summery July day, because I was that motivated to start, I had a few surprises. The first was this. I had to learn not to be preoccupied with what other people think. Because when you do something unconventional like homeschooling, people will share their opinions heartily. But when you step off an unconventional path, You build your independence muscles, so other people's random opinions will eventually not matter if you practice boundary keeping. 
And you'll also have an opportunity to question why you're doing what you're doing and how you're doing what you're doing. So there is actually value to other people questioning your opinion. You can learn more about how to learn not to care what other people think of the post to this podcast episode on my website, capturingthecharmlife.com. The second thing I learned very quickly is that I had to de-school. This is a popular concept right now, de-schooling. It's also a nebulous concept, in my opinion, because there are so many definitions of this word by so many people. To me, de-schooling is just getting out of a schooled mindset. That is all. But also, I'd say that de-schooling is very, very, very challenging to do. You've likely been schooled, conventionally schooled, or at the very least, you've been surrounded by a culture of conventionally schooled folk. At core, you have to recreate your notion of what an education is anyways, and therefore engage your kids differently. You can include conventional school subjects if you want, or use the resources, or have a chalkboard, or use a curriculum just like a school might. They can all have their place in some homeschools. Do all of it. Enjoy every homeschool path you walk on. But then ask yourself this one question. Is it working for you? And do that assessment every year. If it's not working for you, you're going to have to change something. My story of homeschool transitions, homeschool seasons, sometimes I joke, but not really. My homeschool bipolarity, where I flip back and forth from one philosophy to another can be found on my website. By the way, I'm still trying to de-school this many years later. If you want to practically de-school your homeschool, I have a checklist for you. It's called the De-School Your Homeschool Checklist, and you can find that on my website too. I'm interrupting this episode to let you know that the De-School Your Homeschool Intensive waitlist is open. The de-school your homeschool intensive is actually going to help you practically de-school your homeschool. We're not just going to talk about this nebulous de-school concept, but we're going to put feet onto de-schooling in your actual homeschool life. What is the schooled mindset that so many homeschoolers want to de-school from anyway? That's the question. That is the question that homeschool families have a hard time answering for themselves. We know that we're trying to leave a schooled mindset behind, but we don't always know what it is we're trying to leave. In my own experience, since I was also conventionally schooled, and I also brought my kids home after my oldest finished grade two, my second finished kindergarten, I've learned that the following are some of the things that I had to unlearn or de-school from my conventional educational mindset. Like assuming that kids should always be busy. Be kept busy. If they're not busy, are they living their childhood? We assume kids must have a constant exposure to new things. We assume kids need to identify in a particular grade. We assume kids need teachers to learn stuff or that we need teachers to teach them stuff. We assume learning comes best through lectures, textbooks, and testing. We assume kids need to learn certain things at certain times. 
What are some of the things that you know you could add to that list? What do homeschoolers want to de-school from? If you're looking to create more freedom, individualization, and purpose in your homeschool, for you and for your kids, then join me in the de-school your homeschool intensive. Connect with me at www.capturingthecharmlife.com. Now back to the episode. The third thing that I learned in my transition from school to homeschool is that I bought into a simpler, less culturally influenced lifestyle. Well, until the kids became teenagers, but I'll explain. There were fewer fancy clothes. I did not feel compelled to shop at The Gap anymore, although I'm not anti-Gap. There were definitely more yoga pants for me and kids' pajamas for my kids. No indoor shoes were required, of course. But I also didn't know about the most recent music influences or fashion influences or gaming or app preferences. Obviously, I didn't know what the recent app preferences were because I was actually homeschooling before there were apps. But because I didn't have my kids in school, and I generally was in my own solar system, I wasn't aware of the coolest trends. I learned I didn't care anyway. But I would learn that when my kids became adolescents, somehow they would discover those trends anyway. My natural tendency was to focus on what worked, not what everybody else was doing. And if something didn't work for us, some of those trends, well, we just didn't do it. If it worked for us, we did it, which meant we were a whole lot simpler in our lifestyle and our approach to life because we were focusing on the things that really only mattered in our home and our family. I've learned that this homeschool journey helped me to simplify my entire life. I share my story of simplifying my homeschool life on the show notes page of this episode too. The fourth thing that I learned as I transitioned from public school to homeschool, I could schedule extracurriculars in the middle of the day because I could. I could schedule anything in the middle of the day. This was a marked shift in our family lifestyle. That you could do extracurriculars before the school day was out, not have to vie for after-school appointments or extracurricular activities like soccer or piano or whatever, that was revolutionary for me. In those earlier years, my kids took violin lessons, voice lessons, and acting lessons. Yes, I definitely appear to have been setting them on the path to some sort of fine arts degree. And we could schedule all of that before four o'clock. The evenings were for quiet family time or fun activity times or just not really intense running around times. Have you had those times? You got to get dinner, get into the minivan. You got to bring a kid to practice. But that means if you have really young kids, that means everybody is going with you because they do not self babysit at age six, two or infancy. As a side note, I share about the extracurriculars that we chose in our homeschool, and to my surprise, we did a whole lot more extracurriculars, a whole lot more, and even more after we expected our kids to pay for them. I share a post about 
what homeschool costs and what I wish I knew before I began homeschooling over on, you guessed it, my website, Capturing the Charm Life. The fifth thing that I learned in my transition from school to homeschool is that I could shop and do errands during the day and find a way to make it a learning opportunity too. In other words, grocery shopping, visiting the post office, going to the dentist became a family event. And though that made them a wee bit more stressful, okay, sometimes a lot more stressful, these were times out for our family too. We could learn about the world. We could do social studies in our actual communities, not just in uh, a neighborhood book devoted to the elementary social studies curriculum that we would see maybe once in our elementary school career. Instead, we saw our neighborhood and communities literally at least twice a week. And when the kids visited the post office, they also learned that there was a difference between a regular post and an express post, that there was a particular way to be polite and request help at the post office, there were extra expenses expected anytime we purchase something because we live in a province that has taxes. The kids learned to pay for their own treats at the cafe, learned to chat with the barista no matter how old they were, asked the barista for their drink preference, determined how much change they'd need to expect when they gave a $10 bill for a $4 drink. Errands had an extracurricular nature all their own. But expect that when we were out and about during the school day, we'd get asked, is there a day off school today? Of course, people were purely curious. And every child typically would be reminded of their grade. And every child would have to be reminded of their grade before we went out, which I figured out before we went inside a store. Every child could get quizzed about random facts that even schooled kids didn't know and I would get the requisite response from other parents. Oh, you homeschool. Yeah, I've heard of homeschooling. Your kids are gonna be so smart. Or, oh my gosh, you're so much more patient than me. Ha ha ha, no, no, I definitely am not. Or, wow, I could definitely not do that. Oh, and since our family has spent so much time in the grocery store over the course of our lives, I share how to grocery shop and cook for your homeschool family over on my website. Needless to say, my kids are really, really good at it. The sixth thing I would tell you about transitioning from school to homeschool, I learned I could homeschool any time I wanted. I could start homeschooling in summer, or I could start in October if we were traveling instead. We could not do formal academics at all and unschool, or travel and call that a unit study, or homeschool all year long. Since we spent seven years of our homeschool traveling halftime, and we usually were traveling in April and May, or September and October, the formal season of our homeschool or the formal activities that you might expect in a typical homeschool was almost never part of the months we were traveling. Having said that, if you've traveled as a homeschool family, you know that every time you step out the door, there's a new learning opportunity. Even if it's navigating international travel with four kids, learning about passports, 
packing simply, new languages, new customs, learning how to occupy four kids at 10 at night for four hours in Heathrow Airport, up and down the escalator, there's always something to learn for all of us. I got to homeschool whenever it suited me in the earlier years, which meant I was homeschooling all through the summer the first handful of years. I discovered something I didn't know when I had my kids in school. Learning happens all throughout the year, and it wasn't required to have a formal learning program. If I could just watch when my kids' eyes lit up, I would consider how I could expand on their interests. In other words, I encouraged it, and I helped them expand on that interest, and then I called it homeschool. Yep, yep, I did. And I got as excited about doing that as they got excited with their interest. I would look into how I could expand on their interest. You know, classic homeschool mom stuff. I definitely worked too hard on that search for learning opportunities. I looked to find somehow an associated writing opportunity, maybe a read aloud, a potential science topic, a potential history topic. Maybe we could draw something on a piece of paper. We could create a diagram or do an experiment or write a blog or create a podcast. Oh, you want to create a YouTube channel too? Cool. Or go on a field trip to somewhere interesting? I'm on it. At this point in my homeschool, I can take almost any interest and create an entire unit study on the fly. Are any veteran homeschool mamas out there saying, Amen, sister? I know that my attempt at creating a unit study out of every one of my children's interests was overkill. It just really was. It was not necessary. And also, their present interest wasn't necessarily going to translate into a career or into a small business for a 12-year-old or even last more than a few weeks. It was just their interesting pursuit for right now. But it was awful fun. It was a learning opportunity for me as a homeschool mom to learn about learning. But it was definitely not necessary to do all those things. But what I did learn is that learning happens spring, summer, fall, and winter. I share a discussion on the actual seasons in my homeschool, the ones that you're most likely to see now over the course of the last 15 years. There's really two seasons that I identify, the formal and the unschooling. The seventh thing that I learned from my transition from school to homeschool, I learned that grades didn't mean anything. I didn't have to assign my kids grades but I'd make sure my kids knew they had a grade before we went into public. The only reason my kids needed grades was to answer random strangers' questions about why school wasn't in today. Side note, I'm always curious and want to know the answer to why the only thing we ever ask kids is their name and how old they are. But anywho, you know you're a mom when you want your kids' attention, so you call out their name and all your other kids' names at the same time. Or like me, you have a name for all the kids that you've developed over the years on the fly. My kid's abbreviated name is 
Hamaraza, also known as Hannah Madeline Rachel Zachary. You know you're a mama when you have to think twice about how old your kids are right now. But you know you're a homeschool mama when you have to think twice about what your child's grade is. And in the beginning years, I was rather resistant to that question. I was offended even. Why does the conventional educational construct, the social construct, have to influence my life and my family? We are not in a grade. We're homeschooling. You're welcome. This clearly is not every homeschool parent's response to that question, but it was my defensive response in the early years. But since that defensive approach mostly necessitated a very long conversation, I gradually let go of my staunch unschooling dogmatic approach and decided instead to determine a grade for each of my kids before we went in to save on foods, our local grocery store. What is a grade anyway? Everyone knows that in a conventional school, a grade generally designates similar age kids to learn about similar things. But in a homeschool, on the very same day, my four-year-old, seven-year-old, nine-year-old, and 12-year-old might all be learning about the same thing. World economics, Broadway lyrics from Something Rotten, a discussion on Bitcoin, reading about Mahatma Gandhi and Mother Teresa, the Mother Teresa who wasn't also their mother. That'd be my name, Teresa. Naturally, these four kiddos are not processing the content the same way. But I learned that just because my son was four and my daughter was seven or nine or 12 didn't mean that my daughter understood more. I mean, that four-year-old was killing it with chess every time he played his mama and his mom was 40. So how does one determine a grade in a homeschool? And who even cares anyway? Not me. I share more on my website, capturingthecharmlife.com, about how to homeschool more than one grade. I call it How to Homeschool More Than One Grade, A Tale of Four Grades. The eighth thing I learned was to respectfully answer the S question, what about socialization? My response to the S question, aka the socialization question, has had a progression of maturity over the years by me. In the early years, I answered in three-point essays. Remember that defensive approach? It applied here too. And when I finally convinced myself that socialization in a homeschool is a fabulous approach, actually, because ultimately I think that's what I was doing. I was trying to convince myself. I discovered that this ubiquitous question, this question that was always with me, would indeed forever be in my sphere. So I should get comfortable responding in a respectful, matter-of-fact way. No eyes rolling. Fast forward 15 or more years and you can see for yourself, my children are lovely human beings that know how to be considerate of one another. They look out for one another. They speak respectfully to one another. Well, most of the time, but definitely in public. And they know how to have an interesting, engaged, authentic conversation with full-grown adults, no matter how old they were. So general public, what the are you so worried about? As a homeschooler, I definitely knew we were considered different because people asked about our lifestyle all the time. But we're all different. 
every family, homeschooled and schooled alike. We come from different homes, different values, we laugh at different things, we work at different things. The act of doing something not so mainstream like homeschooling does indeed make us different, though. So different that we get plenty of time to think about why we're different, why we're doing what we're doing, and if it's worth all the effort swimming upstream. This is probably why our children look different. Our kids are learning that they are different because everyone is always asking about our different lifestyle. Our family was not aspiring to be different. We were just honoring what we were and actually just being it. We wanted to homeschool for freedom. Freedom to personalize our kids' education, freedom to create our own social community, freedom to create our own schedule and to travel too. We're okay if you're different too. Actually, we kind of like it. It's interesting when everyone's different. How am I going to learn about the world if we don't talk about the things that make us different? Be you. The world is better for all of us when we are just being ourselves. Teaching kindness to our kids is socialization. Be it Muslim or Christian, Shambhala Buddhist or Hindu, most of us, minus an occasional psychopath, aspire to teach our kids to be kind to one another. Arguably the most important lesson in socialization. Teaching kindness is learning to treat each other as we would have others treat us. Be patient in Starbucks lineups. Don't cut lines. Understand your sibling's perspective, even if they're frustrating you. Practice speaking and arguing respectfully. Don't interrupt. Listen deeply and tell the truth. Oh, and when we teach them we're listening to them, they assume they'll be listened to. They will assume others listen to them and they'll have something to say. This is socialization. Social opportunities aren't the same as socialization. Attending youth groups and religious observances, sports activities, art and music lessons, birthday parties, Christmas socials, summer camps, family barbecues, visits to the lake with friends, vacations and trips around the world. These are social opportunities. Our homeschooled kids get plenty of them. In fact, they get more because they usually have more time in the day to attend them. That schooled six hours a day, five days a week, nine months a year, class of 25? There's no magic sauce in teaching kids socialization there. Learning to be productive citizens of their society, charitable and community-focused, we help to tailor an education that enables our kids to be who they were meant to become and contribute meaningfully. By far, the most difficult aspect of socialization is teaching our kids, not by the words we use, the consequences we respond with when we're trying to teach them to do things differently or deciding how to help them learn kindness. No, but rather recognizing that they're not actually taught by our words, but rather by lessons and attitudes caught by our lives. We're rubbing off on our children and creating their greatest socialization lesson. By far, the toughest work of homeschooling our kids is understanding how intricately we affect their souls with the stories of our lives and the attitudes of our hearts. 
it also happens to be one of the most compelling reasons to homeschool, to imprint on our children the stories of our lives. Whatever work we put into their lives, we will surely reap. But food for thought. I always wonder, why isn't anyone asking about homeschool mama's socialization? That might be more concerning sometimes, don't you think? Naturally, I've learned a few things along my homeschooling journey about homeschool socialization for the homeschool mama, and you can check that out over on my website too. These are the eight things that I learned from my transition from school to homeschool. So what was the surprising transition for you if you are a newer homeschooler? In a nutshell, I learned that my family life was endowed with a whole lot of freedom. I'm so glad you joined me today. If you have thoughts or questions about the episode, I'd love to hear from you. So head over to my website, www.capturingthecharmlife.com. This transition from regular school to homeschool will take a bit. It really will. A long bit. But Michelle and anyone newer to homeschool or planning to homeschool will surely discover, as I did, that every effort toward de-schooling our homeschool brings us greater freedom and purpose in our kids' homeschool lives and ours too. If you're looking for authentic support and community with like-minded homeschool mamas who want to show up on purpose in their homeschools and lives, you're welcome to join us at the Homeschool Mama Self-Care Patreon community. You can find that at www.patreon.com homeschool mama self-care. Not only will you have good old-fashioned chats, you'll also get discounts on the D-School Your Homeschool Intensive, group coaching opportunities, the Homeschool Mama Retreat, and you'll get to be part of the extended live interviews with past or present podcast guests. I'm looking forward to getting to know you and your homeschool family. I'll see you there.